This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. This giraffe tastes great. I really got to go to the bathroom right now. Look at my horns. See my horns? John Dillinger was a Cubs fan. Rick's brush with Jack Brickhouse. And Rock and Roll Hall of Famer John Records Landecker. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey, hey, back after a uh, holiday. Not really a holiday, was it? No, the, uh, well, we work one, take three off. Yeah. You know, well, it, actually, this was mandated by the suits at corporate. The, who the, hey, Rick, uh, the suits are here. Did yeah, no, I know, I know. The suits from corporate are here, right? Just a oh, few. Yeah, uh, I, I was telling John Records Landecker, who's going to be coming on the show <laughs> later, uh, that the suits are going to be in here while we're broadcasting. Oh, and today. he—I think he loves management. Oh, he's he? always—he's always had great relationships with management. <laughs> but he's—he uh, said to me, you know, what's why, why are they there? And I said, I don't know if you're going to believe this, John, but apparently I'm not very good with the levels. Right. right. And as I and I was his producer for ten years, he knows that quite well. Well, you know what's yeah. going to happen after the suits after our show? They're going to go. Okay, Rick and Dave. A couple things. First of all, you got to say time and temp a few more times, right? <laughs> It's a yeah. podcast. I don't know why we yeah. would do time and time. Is it 22 minutes after the hour or, or is, is it 38 minutes before, before right, the exactly. hour? And I you, know. guys, you guys are smacking your lips a bit if yeah. too many times. Yeah. yeah. Here's That's for true. the network. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. You had to do it right in front of him. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, we're back and we're uh, back and we're minutia ing. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, you look great. Uh, well, it's, it's a little warm in here, you it know. Is. We're doing it at three o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. which is a very bad time for me. This is nap time. Mm-hmm. I'm usually taking a nap, uh, so I can't really guarantee I'll have that zippy energy that I usually have. Um, okay. Well, well, you look. I'll great. do my best. You look great, and your red tint. There's no. It's you don't really have a red red tint today. Oh, actually, I was out in the sun all day yesterday at the at the Cubs game. So I might have gotten a little burnt. Okay. Well, you look great. Well, thanks. In fact, I'm almost. <laughs> I, I, your, 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 your attractiveness right now. Is All right. Through the roof. Give the people some minutia. So you're a big hunter, aren't you, Rick? Oh yes. Love to hunt. Hunter, fisherman. I'm an outdoorsman. Have you ever shot a gun? No. Okay. Um, and I would be the worst hunter out yes. there. Yes. I mean, yes. I think nobody's absolutely. sitting at home going, "Really, Dave would be bad at that." Did I ever tell you the story about the mouse? No. Um, no. So we had mice, and you know we have a hundred and ten year old house, yeah. and you can't plug every hole in the house. Right. And we had mice a few years ago, uh-huh. and we had mouse traps, yeah. and the mouse trap snapped and broke the leg of a mouse, but the mouse didn't die. So oh. I had to put the mouse out of its oh. misery. Right. Yeah. So what do you do? You know, you've got a mouse that is. I move into a different house. <laughs> right. That's my plan. So I got a coffee tin. I got yeah. the mouse in the coffee tin. I took it to an alley, and I just jumped up and down on the coffee tin. <laughs> oh right. I, mean, I couldn't bear, to th- bear the thought. So, again, I'm... I'm, I'm not judging <laughs> you, because I got to tell you, I don't know what I would have done. Okay. Well, the mouse was screaming in agony. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was awesome. Anyway, so I, this is a story that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hunter. You know, right. I don't like killing animals. Um, but this, this, you know, I don't really have a problem hunting. No, no. I mean, no. I, I meet, I eat meat. I, I say this all the time. You know, I don't have a problem with guns. I, I just don't own one because I'm sure I would shoot myself somehow. Yeah, right. right. It's, it's, it's like a self-preservation thing. Right. So I, don't, I mean, I don't have, like I said, I don't have a, a, 
you know, a problem with hunting. But I'm not a fan of what Kentucky native Tess Talley did. What okay. did Tess Talley do that? Well, she, bu- vixen. she busted a camp in a giraffe's ass. Yeah, okay. that's not cool. Right. So she, you know, on a trip. Aren't, aren't giraffes uh, endangered? Well, I think well, on a trip to two, in 2017, she went on one of those, you know, rich white American white safari. guy safari where yeah. you can just kill, you know, whatever. Yeah. And she killed a giraffe. And of course, the first thing you do after you kill a giraffe, you take out your iPhone and you make a big selfie with the, you know, with sure. with the dead the yeah. dead animal. So this ended up going viral. This happened in 2017. Yeah, but, I vaguely remember uh, this. Uh, well, the image has gone yeah. viral now. Yeah. So this this is great, and it hasn't been favorable. The response obviously hasn't well, been right? People love animals. So she goes on CBS this morning to defend herself. And forgive the pun, she kind of shoots herself in the first a little bit. Okay. okay. And, or sh- shoots herself in the foot. Um, so <laughs> she mentioned that she used the giraffe skin to make a gun cover and decorative throw pillows. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. And then she goes on to remark how delicious the giraffe was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Obviously, Tess doesn't have a whole lot of experience in PR. <laughs> okay. So. She needs a press agent. Um. The good news is that the giraffe ki- the giraffe killing has inspired a minutia men quiz. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so this uh, please cue the jingle. All right, here we go. Time now for a minutia men minutia men minutia quiz. Lay it on me. Okay, this is a weird dishes from around the world quiz. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, I'm going to list four odd delicacies throughout the world. Yeah. And you have to tell me which one is not real. Okay? All right. So three of these are real. Yep. One of them is not. All okay. Right. First one. Kasu Marzu. Okay. Right. A Scandinavian treat. It's made with sheep milk cheese mm. that contains live insect larvae. Mm. Okay. The larvae eat through the cheese, breaking down the fats to leave a smooth, creamy texture um, on top. Uh, a typical Kasu Marzu will contain thousands of maggots. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Could be All true. Right. Yeah. May not be. All right. Balut. Balut. B-A-L-L-U-T. Yeah. Uh, are fertilized duck eggs incubated or allowed to grow in vitro for a certain length of time, usually a few weeks. Peel back the shell and along with a typical soft-boiled edgy interior is also the small inert body of a fetal duck. Small bones, feather, beak, and all. Some more developed than others. Most accounts suggest slurping it right from the shell with a pinch of salt. Oh, my God. Okay, that's balut. Okay. Bakchawa. Bakchawa. From Korea. All right. This tasty treat comes from Korea. The word bakchawa literally means guinea pig liver. Okay. Bakchawa is prepared by sauteing a guinea pig's liver in butter. Adding hoochoo. You know, you saute anything in butter, and <laughs> right, it's, it's, right. it's perfectly right. fine. And you add a little hoochoo, which is yeah. Korean uh, black pepper, and miram, which is a Korean red rice, wi- uh, red uh, rice wine. Okay. Okay. So at this point, we have the larvae cheese. Yeah. Okay. We've got the incubated fetus of a duck. Yep. Okay. And we have guinea pig liver. Okay. Final one is deer penis. Deer penis. This Chinese dish is primarily used in medicinal circles. Okay. The Chinese believe that eating the Johnson of a deer will make all erectile um, problems problems go away. So it's like, yeah. 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 I think that one's real. Okay. You're right. Deer penis is real. I think the larvae one is real. It is. Because you're not creative enough to come up with that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Hey, Um, wait a second. So it's either the... Fertilized uh, duck, the half-fertilized duck, uh, or the... Uh, guinea pig liver. 
I'm going to go guinea pig liver is the fake one. You're right. Yeah. Guinea pig liver. All right. Is the one. All right. That's so, good. well, that was gross. <laughs> Thank you very much for starting that up. I've got a uh, story that involves food and is also gross, <laughs> if you don't mind. This one takes place in Manitoba, Canada. Uh, we just had the Kings guy. We just had. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Zero. Mr. Zero from the Kings, Canada. A teen caught speeding in Canada reportedly told police he urgently needed to use a bathroom. All right. So okay. he was 16 hey, years old. You're talking to Mr. Need a bathroom <laughs> all right. the time. I believe me. I actually believe this kid. He was 16 years old. He was driving his Camaro 105 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And the Royal Canadian Mounted Police pulled him over. And he said he had too many hot wings. <laughs> and if he didn't get to a bathroom <laughs> right. right away, there was going to be a big problem. <laughs> so, uh, you know, unfortunately for him, the cops. That weren't. wasn't a viable. Uh, he had a $966 fine. Uh and uh, that's for speeding, and then also a two hundred and three dollar fine for driving without a supervising uh, driver because he's sixteen, and you know that the so rules. You, you know the rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's. But it reminded me of a story where I I also was speeding. Hmm. Um, it, it didn't involve me a bathroom uh, episode with me, but it involved one of my sons. Yeah, right. We were driving back from uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. It's a nineteen hour road trip. With three little boys. Okay. And Sean at that time uh, was, I think, two or three. Okay. And so he, we're, we're, he had just been potty trained. So he, yeah. he he must have been three. Yeah, okay. Three years old. So we, three, eight, 12, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Something like that. We, uh, we, get, we stopped in Indiana uh, on our way home. And we went into this bathroom in a gas station. This, this bathroom was so disgusting. <laughs> That Sean walked in there, and he's three years old. He walked in there and goes, no, not, not happening here. All right. Uh, so we were, I, you know, we think we were like four hours away from home. I thought, all right, you know what? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna try to make this. Oh my see God. if we can make it. So we went back into the car, and around uh, 68th Street... <laughs> You know, in a like, really good area, right? Like the worst possible neighborhood you can imagine. Suddenly, he starts screaming. I, I, yeah, he's in pain. Yeah, yeah, right, he has right, to, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm flying. And Bridget goes, we have to pull over. We have to pull over right now. So we pulled over into this, you know, the windows were boarded up. You you're know, not around for, you're not from around here. Right, exactly. It was a terrible, terrible neighborhood in Chicago. And there was one uh, place of business and it was a Walgreens. And so we went into the Walgreens and, uh, uh, went to the bathroom. And first of all, there were guards at the Walgreens. <laughs> there were security guards at the Walgreens, which, you know, you, you see everywhere. Right, exactly. That's a normal Mount thing. prospect sure. has a lot of, uh, yeah. So Sean gets into the, into the, into the Walgreens and he goes into the bathroom at this Walgreens and he goes, nah, not gonna, Oh, <laughs> yes, you are. Do. Yeah. And so Bridget, Bought a diaper, <laughs> yeah, put it on him, went back in the car. He was screaming, screaming. All of a sudden, hey, how's everybody doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> was it, which number was it? Was it? Oh, it was two. Oh, really? It was two. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so that that is my story. And I, uh, I'm, I'm only telling it because I kind of believe this kid. Well, I, well, I've been in situations, as you know, that, yeah. you know, it's, you got to go. Yeah, yeah. When you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. You know what else you got to do, Rick? But you got to subscribe to our podcast. You gotta, you, you gotta, gotta subscribe. You know, we can do it on. Uh, you can, you can first of all, you can go to the radio misfits.com 
website, and you can see all the other great shows that we have, including yeah. the Car Guys with Mark Vernon and uh, uh, and Lou Costable, uh, yeah. lifelong car guys. Uh, they've got motor oil in their veins, Dave. Mm-hmm. They're they're just like you and me. They're uh, <laughs> they're hunters. They've, they've they're got uh, dirt under their fingernails. <laughs> they're, they're, their skin they, is hard. They're, they're, they don't have yeah. baby soft hands. And when like they want to go change the oil, they just go out and yeah. change the oil. No, no Jimmy yeah. Lube for these guys. Right? Is, what is that? Your uh, intake manifold? No, <laughs> right. they know what that means. Well. You know, we went to college with Mark Vernon. And we I did. A, I have a Mark Vernon car story. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. So I had a 74 Monte Carlo that I was, yeah. which was bitching. Yeah. In, I remember that. In, uh, I remember that car. That ended up getting towed away. And yeah. You just left it. You abandoned it on the street. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. But I had um, hubcaps in the back of the trunk yeah. or in the trunk. Is yeah. that what it's called? The thing yeah. that goes up and right. down the trunk? Yeah. And for what, some reason, we had a discussion and he's like, oh, I'm looking for a Buick blah, blah, blah hubcap and i'm like well i don't know for some reason i've got like four or five hubcaps <laughs> in my back so i popped the truck he's like oh my god it's a 57 whatever buick and i'm not i'm this is so a true exactly what he was looking yeah for. and he goes oh my god can i have it I'm like sure he may not remember the story but it's true well i'm not gonna make that go. up okay so, well uh, that's that's how long we've known uh mark vernon and guess how much it costs to subscribe like on iHeartRadio and spotify and you know Stitcher google play yeah yeah how much how much do you think it'll cost you a hundred dollars nothing what zippo free nada zilch yeah there's okay. no cost whatsoever so, so be sure you do that that's uh we highly recommend that uh i got another uh this is from the minutia men health desk okay do we have a, we don't have a health no, desk no, um no y- we don't uh, here's the headline. I don't know if you saw this in the news because I saw it a couple of times. Young people are growing small horns on the back of their skulls because of phone use. I have seen this story. It's right. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this tabloid sounding headline comes from a peer reviewed study in scientific reports. And I think scientific reports kind of scientific. I, I mean, actually uh, printed out this story and handed it to all three of my sons. Right. And say, yeah, yeah like, right. hey, you want horns? Yeah. You know what? They all looked at me like, what's down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I what's wrong do, with that? I so that... Australian researchers say more people, young ones especially, are showing up with what's known as enlarged external occipital protuberance. Okay. Okay. Which is basically little horns on the back of their skulls. Um, and the leading theory is that these spikes are caused by all the time that people are hunched over uh, on their cell phones, and it's throwing the body out of whack, and then these horns are beginning to grow on the back of your skull wow cool um this reminds me of a story oh no okay um so we used to as a family we used to go to holland michigan for when you were a kid yeah from yeah. like and you know when i was from the time i was like eight to oh it was like a tourist yeah de- exactly you got yeah. the tulips and the you dutch the wooden, the, shoes. the wooden shoes right yeah. exactly so we would spend a couple of weeks in holland michigan yeah we used to go there too and we stayed in a resort, like a motel resort. A resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Right. Right, right. It was, you know, a, but it was a motel, basically. A motel where they had a pool. Right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Right. That. Right. And uh, and we would meet actually other families every year. Yeah. From actually Jim Gerard, who is like the Phil Donahue of Indianapolis, was coming oh, there. I'm sure. Oh, you didn't huge. Say, you didn't need to explain <laughs> like, who right. that was. So that, but there was a house. Yeah. Next to the resort that had a family of kids. And after two or three years that you go to this thing, yeah. you start to meet the kid, right? Sure. So there's a boy my age there. And like the second year we were there, religion came up. <laughs> That's right. It's a very, uh, oh, yeah. very religious area. And they asked, you know, so what are you? And you know, I'm like, well, I'm the chosen, right? Yeah. I'm, 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 the, I'm the correct religion, right? <laughs> and then you know what this kid asked me? Do you have horns? Yes. For real? Yes. It and, is. And do you? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, fifteen you might now. Fifteen yeah. bucks, I'll show you. You know, yeah. it's Jews with money. Yeah. Uh, uh, All right. So, do you know what the origin of this with Jews and horns? No. Well, in the Bible, there is a. It's, it was translated wrong. Something like rays of light from Moses. But it was translated as like horns of light. Ah. From, and Michelangelo sculpted Moses, and he's got two horns on wow. his head. Wow. Yeah. So, Having a biblical discussion <laughs> with David Stern. Right. Is, so, is, uh, and that's all I know about. Yeah. You know, that is, and the uh, Ten Commandments. Which I have known done. you for 37 right. years, and this is the first biblical conversation we've ever had. Yeah. And again, I'm in it for the jokes and the okay. deli food. But there you go. All right. Well, it's time for another feature. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. All right, so this is our Cubs feature. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the Cubs uh, have been something I'm talking about a lot because mm-hmm. I have a new book out called Every Cub Ever, which is doing, doing very well. Doing very well. Mm-hmm. I've been doing all sorts of interviews, and I went to a party in Naperville last week. That was kind of fun. Yeah. So it was like one of the Lindenberger basket party kind and of it was like a It was like a book club for guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, where there was actually a book, right? But we were watching the Cubs game, and they were drinking and having cigars. And next you know? week we're going to do Hustler. <laughs> yeah. Here's a Buns catalog, you know. But, but anyway, the book is about every Cub ever. But I want to talk to you today about and not someone who is a Cub, but someone who is a diehard Cubs fan that you may not realize mm-hmm. was a Cubs fan, and his name was John Dillinger. Well, everybody knows John. Public Dillinger. enemy number right. one. Uh, he lived in, you know, he grew up in Crown Point, Indiana, and I've done a lot of research into this because yeah. I'm a geek and yeah. I'm a nerd. The, in the weeks before he was shot, in June and July of 1934, Dillinger attended several games at Wrigley Field. He went to Wrigley on June 8th and again on the 26th. He was convinced, you know, he had had plastic surgery. Right. He was convinced that no one could recognize yeah. him with his new face. Um, but at that 26th game, a fan in the stands from Crown Point couldn't keep his eyes off of him and kept looking at him. There was something familiar about him. He just couldn't put his finger on it. Was it possible? Was it possible? It couldn't be. Could it be? It looked like it was him. Um, he offered his hand and said, hi, my name is whatever. What's your name? And Dillinger said, Jimmy Lawrence. <laughs> this, that was his fake name. Come on. Jimmy Lawrence. Even, it wasn't a brainiac. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't on. a brainiac. He could have had a better <laughs> name than that. But anyway, this this news got back to uh, the, the guys that were chasing him down. Yeah. And on July 8th, Dillinger went to his final Cubs game. Uh, Jim Weaver was on the mound for him. Uh, Everyone remembers Jim Weaver, the, 11-game winner in 1934. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, the fifth starter on that team. Um, but anyway, uh, the uh, uh, he made a date with his girlfriend. Who was that? The one that narked on him? Yes. Uh, and they went to the Biograph Theater. Right. So I mean, there is actually a Cubs tie-in to this Ju- July twenty second, nineteen thirty four. They played an extra inning game. The Cubs were playing an extra inning game against the Phillies in Philadelphia, but Dillinger was in Chicago. And it was a very, very hot day. Hot, right. It was super hot. It was like ninety-five degrees, and there was only the only place you get get any kind of air conditioning. It was a movie theater. Movie theater. Right. So they went to see Manhattan melodrama with his girlfriend, uh, and when he emerged, boom, boom chakalaka. Yeah. And here's yeah. my favorite part. Uh, the FBI agent Purvis uh, related what happened next. I was about three feet to the left, and a little a little rear of him. I was nervous. It must have been a squeaky voice that called out, "Stick him up, Johnny. We got you surrounded." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
1934. Yeah, right. Uh, they actually really did talk that way. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, John Dillinger, Cub fan. Uh, not in the book, but an important point. And it's time now for our other feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where uh, Dave reaches his hand in the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity. Uh, this very Chicago-related, we just talked about the Cubs, Jack Brickhouse, as well as his lovely wife, Pat Brickhouse. So which one would you like to hear stories about? Because I've got stories about both of them. Well, I know of a Jack Brickhouse story that we probably can't yeah, tell no, that one. Yeah, no, I'm telling that um, And Pat Brickhouse. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Let's go, let's go Jack. Okay. All right. So I met Jack Brickhouse about five or six oh. times in my life. But the first time I met him was in 1980. Or 81. He was still broadcast. He was still doing the Cubs games. And he was revered in the German community, believe it or not, because, and this is going to crack you up, but Brickhouse sounds like a German name, you know, Brickhouse. (laughs) And, you know, like Aaron House. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if it it was spelled with H A U S at the end, it's like, you know, when I lived at Bromley Hall in Champaign and all the the Jews there thought Springsteen (laughs) was Jewish because Steen. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. S T E E N. Right. Right. So so, it's like Dr. Julius Irving. Yes, exactly. He's got to be a Jew, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But so, uh, you know, he got invited to do all these. Banquet Alban yeah, which I do now. I do all those banquets now. <laughs> wow, but they really have l- <laughs> really come down. So Brickhouse was doing a banquet, and uh, my dad was one of those guys uh, that would go up to anybody and say anything. Right. He had no embarrassment gene whatsoever. You know, he was like he was very much like Landecker right. actually, who's coming up in a few minutes for, on the show. And Landecker, German name. Yes, right. German father. Right. Um, but he went right up to Jack and pulled me with him. And he and he said, uh, "What year? 1980." So I was 17, junior, a junior in high school. No, I was a senior. Okay, so it was it was senior the first semester. Yeah. Okay. And he said to me, uh, he said to Jack, "I want you to meet my son. He wants to be a broadcaster." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, um, "Hello, hello, Mister." Yeah, well, <laughs> really and, love your show. And Jack's like, and Jack, by the way. One of the most unusual looking people yeah, ever. Yeah. He was huge, wasn't he? He was like he was yeah. a big guy, but yeah. he was so weird looking. Yeah. His face was I am, uh, and I couldn't stop looking at his nose because his nose was like this giant bulbous nose <laughs> with like an extra, an extra layer of bulb yeah, on yeah, the yeah. end. You know, well, was, he's an older. I mean, he was probably even at that point. Well, in yeah, his, it was probably in his seventies. Right, right. You know, and and I, I so I was just staring at his nose the whole time and he said something and I wasn't really yeah, paying attention yeah. and my dad was like punching me, you know, like this is your chance. Right, right. He's like, gonna give you a job. <laughs> you're gonna meet a guy at a German banquet and he's gonna hire you as an intern right. or yeah. something. Um, but that's that's my that's okay. my entire that's the Jack Brickhouse story. I do have a story about Pat Brickhouse. Well, let's put it back in the going into uh, in, into a uh, restaurant with her, um, which is a great story. Okay, which I'll, well, I'll put it. I'll put it back in the jar. All right. Now we've got another person on the line who's got stories, and that is John Marcus Landecker. Uh, well, let's bring him in. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Joining us on the phone, a. A radio Hall of Famer. A legend. A legend. An icon. Uh, yes, a Landecker and the legends. 
a man who is also a in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Um, but he doesn't like to say that, do you? Oh, I don't mind saying you, that. Well, it's not true. Yes, it is all. true. You, 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 you're, you're, you're always uh, too humble on this man. No, it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Okay. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have this big building in Cleveland. The quote-unquote Hall of Fame part is a small room near the top where they just add a plaque of whoever has been inducted that year. The rest of it is a memorabilia museum type. Yes, again, uh, I think... There's a radio wing. I'm going to explain this anyway. Okay, go ahead. ahead. And thank you, John, for coming on the air. Shit, motherfucking motherfucker, (laughs) as they say on the podcast, that... it's a, that the, they have a radio wing, and in the radio wing, the radio uh, portion of the museum section, there is something about me. Yeah, but I am not a member of the Rock and Roll Hall okay. of Fame. Okay. My God. But, but what, you know, what, no one, I've said that about a million times, it doesn't make anybody, any difference. So if people keep saying that, that's fine, and I'll keep trying to correct it. Uh, and if it never gets heard, that's okay, too. From now on, I will say you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Right, right. There would, is, that, would that, that be more that, accurate? That sounds even worse. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you could say I'm in a display. Now, see, this is too. That's like lying in state. Yeah. You know, that's like yeah. mouse yeah. tongue. You know. I'm in the radio division. Of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We got to work on the marketing, yeah. but all right, all, all right. right. That's well, this is just the intro. We haven't even started <laughs> talking about anything yet. So welcome to the show, John Records Landecker, coming to us live from his home that he's trying to sell in Michigan City, Indiana. <laughs> right. Who should who should someone contact to buy your house? <laughs> well, you go to my web, go to my Facebook page. It'll show you some pictures. It'll show you the number to call. Okay. All right. What well, kind of commission and even is? If you don't like even if you don't like the price, make an offer. Uh, yes, yeah, so just don't make it uh, an embarrassing offer, right? And I assume That's the Rick exactly and Dave right. is going to get the six percent. Is that what's going to happen if we do so? What from? Granted, we're uh, he- no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we wanted to talk to you. We have interviewed you before on the show, and obviously, you and I worked together for ten years, and we wrote yeah. that book together, and we yeah. have had many experiences together. But the thing that I wanted to ask you about are some of the things that happened before we met. And, and this is uh, going back to the heyday, uh, the 1970s, when you were on WLS uh, AM 890, broadcasting across the country into 37 states, or is it 38 states? I lost count. Okay. A national treasure. Uh, a man at uh, one point who had over a million, million people right. listening to his show. Oh, and, it's way more than that. Well, I'm just, you know, it's over a million. It's the seven go figures. The, go listen to the All Things Considered NPR interview, and Scott Simon will tell you how many. Okay. Well, we'll do that. All right. But, so we wanted to talk to you about some of the people that you met uh, during those days, because everybody who was anybody who came to Chicago worked their way through WLS. And uh, we got a couple of uh, specific ones I wanted to ask you about, if you wouldn't mind telling the stories. No, I wouldn't mind telling you that. And well, before, uh, I made a list. Oh, of, okay, great. Of, but I did not confine it to the WLS era. That's fine. That's all right. That's fine. Yeah. When you said brush with greatness, yeah. 
I define that as being either talking to or meeting someone face-to-face, not on the phone. I agree. Okay. So all the ones that I have listed are in person and not on the phone. All right. Why don't, can I just run through the list? Yeah, sure. look, lay it on us. Okay, now this is before WLS and after and even in the past two years. So here we go in no particular order, okay? Yep. Ready? Barack Obama. Yeah, that's a big one. B. Arthur, Bob Seger, Stevie Nicks, Roger Ebert, Oprah Winfrey, Wayne Newton, Dionne Warwick, Lee Tomlin, Barry Manilow, Frank Zappa, Alice Cooper, Pat Benatar, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, Ed McMahon. Um, hold on a second. B. Arthur, Caitlin and Bruce Jenner, Tracy Letts, uh, James Corden, Stevie Wonder, Bernie Taupin, Elton John, Hugh Hefner, George Carlin, Bo Derek, Judith Light, Gabby Hoffman, Bradley Hoff, Bradley Whitford, Colin Hanks, Allison Janney, Steve Perry, Tom, my, my daughter, Lassie, uh, John, yeah, Lassie, John Hanks, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, um, uh, Susan Sarandon, Dolly Parton, David Bowie, Jim Peterick, wow. Soupy Sales, Dennis DeYoung, uh, come on. Mick Jagger, Walter Payton, John Travolta, Rod Stewart, Marty Feldman, Buddy Rich, um, Tig Notaro, Brian Cranston, Margot Martindale, oh, Mary Lou Henner, Catherine Hahn, Olivia Newton-John. Can I say that? <laughs> wow. <No. laughs> uh, I think that's about all I could come up with. Well, those, that's, that's, that's a pretty good. fairly good list. A couple I, hours, and I have uh, interesting stories about Brian Cranston, Tignatero, Buddy Rich, and Marty Feldman. Oh, okay. I, I don't think I've heard any of these stories. Oh, and, Kath, and Catherine Hahn. Well, you almost you ran into Mick Jagger, didn't you? Get to a point that the Stones are in town, didn't you? Have like yeah, an encounter yeah, with? No, I, I listed him. It was the uh, it was the Soldier Field concert where Journey was opening for him. And I had a backstage pass, and I was roaming around and came around a corner, and he was coming the other way. <laughs> we almost bumped into each other, but did not say a word, and that was that. Okay. okay. Well, let's hear some of those uh, stories that you have lined up for us. All right. So, early on at WLS, they had an advertising agency and they had a PR agency that were independent companies. They weren't owned or run by anything connected with WLS. WLS was their client. <clears throat> and the PR agency would, at that time in Chicago, set up luncheons with columnists. Okay? Okay. So I am really, really young. I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe in the first year, like 1972 or whatever. Wow. So you're like, you're, like 25, you're like 25 years old. Something like that. Yeah. And there was a columnist named, I believe her name was Maggie Daly. And no relation to the mm. Daly family who ran, you know, mayors right. and stuff. And she had a column for like the Daily News or the Chicago American or the Sun Times. Not that, I don't think it was the Tribune. And it was like a gossipy, show busy thing. Yeah. So they sent me to have lunch with her at this hotel. And she would have more than one person at the table. And with me at the table, are you ready? Mm -hmm. 
Buddy Rich and Marty Feldman. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the greatest drummers in the history of drums and Marty Feldman. And Marty Feldman. <laughs> and, and then there's me, who really doesn't understand the what the hell I'm doing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I don't remember anything about it, and I had forgotten about that a long time ago. And something jogged that memory just a few days ago. I don't remember what. And I'd love to be able to go back into newspaper yeah. archives and see if that column could be found and what in the hell she had to say about me. <laughs> yeah, right. No there's, there's no common denominator between those two. You know, yeah. all right. Now, oh, I got a good story about Tig Notaro. You know uh, Tig Notaro? Yes, the comedian. Yes. Yes. She has a uh, series on uh, Funny or Die Now. She was uh, also part of uh, the the show with Amy, right? She was was she in that uh, in Transparent? Yeah, uh, she's also on Star Trek. Oh right, on, yes, okay. On CBS uh, and and uh, anyway, so um, there's this series on Funny or Die, which is based on the fact that Tig Notaro pays no attention to pop culture. Okay, and has no idea who anybody is and that's the show she sits there so it's like the opposite of the chris farley show exactly okay and amy my daughter is the director oh wow and they wanted to do a test show okay Mm -hmm. and since tignatero and i have never met amy thought it would be a good idea if i was that person oh Cool. And I happen and I happen to be out there. So I go walking into uh, Funny or Die Studios, and uh, Amy and a bunch of people come out, and I'm all ready for this. And I go, "Oh, uh, hi, are you Amy?" I say, <laughs> she goes, "Don't worry, Dad. Don't worry about it. These people know who you are." Go, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so we go in, and I sit down, and Tignatero looks at me and turns to Amy and goes, "This is your dad, isn't it?" Oh wow! Oh wow! And I went. Well, fuck that. So anyway, uh, uh, some sort of, uh, we did something there. She did a fake interview or something, and unfortunately there were no cameras running because I'd love to have that. But uh, Mm -hmm. So there's that. Then uh, Amy was in, um, had a reoccurring role on this uh, Amazon show that starred Giovanni Ribisi. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. And was produ- and was produced by Brian Cranston. Ooh. Wow! And so there was this party, and uh, Giovanni Ribisi was there. Brian Cranston was there. Margot Martindale, who was on The Americans. I don't know if you've ever seen The Americans. Mm. It's a great show. She plays a Russian agent. She's been in a million movies. She's a a character actress. Okay. And she looks a little bit like Anne Dowd who is uh, on um, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. They're, they're similar ages, similar the, Like the, the, the one that was on so Mad Men, too, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. I know so, what you're talking about. So we're, we're, I'm sitting at these tables with, with all of them, and uh, Margot Martindale goes away, and Brian Cranston says, Now, look, whatever you do when she comes back, don't mention Ann Dowd. Okay? I go, no problem. I won't mention it. 
So Margot Martindale comes back and sits down, and Brian Cranston goes, "So you know, and Dowd." <laughs> okay, there's my little story there. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, what? That's a good one. I like that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, then we have what do we have? Well, the Stevie Wonder. Do you want to oh, tell wait a minute. Let's go to Kath- Let's go to Catherine Hahn. Okay. okay, Catherine Hahn. Okay, because she's sort of hot. Yes, um, she is. I mean, she was in the Bad Moms movies, mm-hmm. and she's got a series coming up on HBO. And uh, so let's see, Catherine Hahn. I danced mm-hmm. with Catherine Hahn at the White House. Oh. Attempting, we we're getting a tour, attempting to recreate the picture of John Travolta and Princess Di. Um, then, if you remember the movie Dave, Dave sure, sure, with uh, there's a scene where they're going to the White House, and I think it's Bonnie. Bonnie Hunt says, "We're walking, you're right, we're yeah, walking, we're, right, we're right. walking, and we're stopping." <laughs> oh, look, it's James, blah 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 blah, from the White House, who goes marching by. He goes, "And we're walking, and we're walking." <laughs> so we're in this big room at the White House, and I say to Amy, "You know, we could do that scene in here." And she goes, yeah. And so I go over to Catherine, and I go, uh, you know, we could do that scene. Oh, okay. So uh, basically the entire cast of Transparent and maybe some relatives line up behind her. And I go, action! <laughs> and, she start, and we're walking, and we're walking. And they go across the room, and then a former press secretary of Obama's had become a executive vice president of Amazon. And I can't remember his name right now, but he was there. And so he did the part where you walked through. Oh, my God. Um, that's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's that story. Then, uh, what was there? Those are, those uh, are the four that you mentioned. But, you know, if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, as, a, as a, like a little bow on the interview, is your Stevie Wonder story. Because... That to me is is one of the greatest stories uh, in your book, and it's a, it's a story that will resonate with everybody. Okay, Stevie Wonder was uh, born in Detroit. He was uh, blind since birth. In Lansing, Michigan, there is a renowned school for the blind that he would attend. And I went to Michigan State University, which is also there, and got a job part time at a local AM rock station called WILS. And the music director, Craig Dudley, uh, knew Stevie Wonder. Whenever Stevie Wonder came to town, he'd come into the radio station and goof around on the air as a disc jockey, uh, which occurred the night that Martin Luther King was shot. And uh, the show that Stevie Wonder was doing was interrupted by our news department to convey that information. And I was standing at the back of the studio just watching, and there was a... A small group of people from Motown there, uh, all African-American. And I don't recall anything uh, earth-shattering at that moment. I mean, everybody digested that information, and they went on and uh, completed whatever they were doing. And I confirmed that there was a little reunion a couple of years ago of that radio station, and I talked to Craig Dudley, and that's exactly what happened. Although I had it that Stevie Wonder was running his own controls and Craig said, no, that wasn't the case. He was running the controls for Stevie, but he absolutely remembers that that's what occurred. Okay. 
Well, you know, uh, in in the book, uh, Records Truly is my middle name. Available at uh, It's a story that is uh, in that book, and there's lots of other ones from that era. Uh, some of the names that John listed uh, are in that book, too. Some are not, which means we have to have John back. Well, we have uh, to some do another time. And we have to do another book. It's about time we do another book. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah. By the way, thanks right. a lot for putting those stories in the book. Whatever yeah. those stories are, which are not oh in the book, God. thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we will have you back on again. And uh, thanks very much for being on the show, uh, Radio Hall of Famer. And a member of the Rock and Roll right. Hall of Fame Museum. Right. Department C11 Triple Z. John Records Landecker, thanks for being on the show. Good luck with the house. Yes. Good Thank luck you. with the house. Buy his house, everyone. Buy it. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. bye. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. And he is a, uh, a radio Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, if you'd like to know more about these radio guys, uh, which we're not really radio guys, are we? We're, we're, we're podcasting guys. We're a digital, we're, yeah. we're a press a button guy. Though. Yeah. We're still a free podcast. There are other podcasts that are not free. Yeah, this yeah. is a free podcast. Gonna yeah. Spend, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you'd like to know more about us, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com, also ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Uh, we have been uh, produced by t- Tony Lasana, who is, who is in the in the, in the uh, room in the room with us. So let me make sure I read this correctly. Okay, he's doing the uh, he's doing the wrap it up. Executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Opi is uh, giraffe spelled back. No, it's hippo. It's hippo spelled backwards. Opishows.com. dot com. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of. Manusha Ben K, who's our guest next? Starsky. Starsky's going to be here next week. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Yeah, Tony, shut up. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we'll talk about the Le Car, the funky French car that never earned the respect it should have in the States. Plus, can you still get manual roll-up windows in a new car? I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hey, coming soon to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and friends starring me, Tommy. And me, Kimmy. And me, Sam. Come meet your new best friends. <laughs> hey, if you want to listen to our show, this is what it sounds like exactly. It's all about those conversations you can only have with your true friends. So come meet your new friends, Tommy. Kimmy. Sam. Right here with and friends. Me want you as friends. <laughs> RadioMisfits.com.